Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. Is it not true? Right? Is it not true that at the start of every new year, we all have some version of this thought? What is my life going to look like this coming year? Right? Whether or not you are someone who actually makes those New Year's resolutions, right? most of us, at the very least, put some thought into some of the things that we would like to be different in the upcoming year. Right? We think about the things that we want to stop doing, maybe think about the things that we want to start doing or even continue to do. It's as if we can't help ourselves, right? There's, there's something inside all of us that looks just at a new year, right? This time of the year and wants a fresh start. And so we tell ourselves, uh, we want this year to be different. We want this year to be better than the last year. We say this, this year we're going we're gonna to be better humans, right? We're going to we're going to be better educated. We're going to get in better shape. We're going to be more dateable. We're going to be more desirable, more marketable, more grounded, more adventurous. We want to be better looking like our Pastor Andrew, right? The list can go on and on, right? Whether or not you actually write out your list, we all kind of intuitively know what it is that we need to do, right? For example, right, some of us, we know we need to be in better shape. So we make plans to work out more. Uh, we make plans to run more, lift weights, eat better or eat less. Some of us know that we want our careers to be better. So we'll take on extra projects. We'll show up earlier. We'll work past business hours. Or we'll simply quit being lazy. Now, some of us, we want our relationships in our life to be a little bit more, more grounded or, or better. So we start to show up and put the work in, to be present in the relationships that we do have, right? Some of us, we're just unsatisfied with the type of person that we are. So we, we vow to do good things for people, right? Be less selfish, uh, less angry, spend more time with our, our family and kids, have less regrets, go to church more or pray more or even read the Bible more or even give more. Right? There are a million other things that we could list, right? And the good news is, is no one is alone with these thoughts. No one is exempt from feeling like there is an area in our lives that we can be better at, right? And so we ask this question, what is my life going to look like this year, right? For real, all of us can immediately imagine ourselves being and doing better, right? And we all have the ability to immediately imagine that, right? right? But for most of us, here's the bad news. The, the, tension, the tension that we need to wrestle with today, right? the, the things that we start out doing or wanting to do, we never do. Right? Or, or we do them for such a short period of time, it's like we never did them at all. We hit the gym six times and then we stop because we got distracted by the Dunkin' Donuts. Or we call our mom once and we're good for the year. And the things that we want to stop, we hardly ever stop at all. Right? All of us know this feeling. So to peel this tension like an onion, here is an important question that we need to ask. Right? Why don't we change? 
Why don't we change? There are probably a million unique reasons why we don't do the things we know we need to do, but the simple answer is, is we don't change because we don't think it's that important. Right? We don't change because we don't think it's that important. It's important, but not that important. Right? There are, are other things that we would rather do th than the work necessary to improve our lives and our character. Right? For some of areas of our life, there are things that we know we need to change. And we even put some effort into changing, but nothing happens. Right? Things, right? Things that keep us away from forging our life on God. Right? Things that keep us from growing in our relationship with Him. Right? There are things that we need to change that, that affect our ability to love and to serve those around us to be productive humans, to, to live a, a life of leadership, right? To be a leader worth following. And did you know that there's a word that I want to talk about today to describe some of those things that we are not doing and not changing? A word that talks about the things that we should be changing, but we don't, right? And that word is, is sin. It's, it's sin, right? right? Now, sin is a word that we do not use much anymore. And I get it. There are good reasons for it, because sin has been used, uh, the word sin has been used to declare war on anything fun or pleasurable, right? Like it's an invitation to live a joyless life, right? Sometimes people think of it as a word that has been abused by self-righteous punks inside of the church for years, right? There have been people who are so consumed by the idea that someone somewhere might be having a little bit of fun, enjoying themselves a little too much. And so anything fun was just labeled a sin, right? And to be clear, we don't use that word in our culture much either, right? And if we're honest, we don't use it as individuals all that much as well, right? When was the last time you did something and said, I have sinned, right? I have sinned. We don't do that. We don't do that. Instead, we say, I did something stupid. Again, right? I made a mistake that I should not have, or I messed up, right? It's rare for us to say sin. And I can't help but wonder, is that because it's a strangely powerful word, right? Sin is typically best described as missing the mark. And if you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard me say that, right? It's an archery term. In other words, if there's a bullseye that's out in front of us, something that we're aiming at, and we miss it, it's called a sin, right? And it is more than just missing the mark on certain moral issues. Like, you know, I lied, so therefore I missed the, the bullseye of the truth, right? That, that sin, yes, but it's also choosing to do what we want and not what God wants, right? Forging our lives on anything other than God, right? Missing the mark on living our best life, a life that is forged on him. And the truth is, right, that on our own, we do miss the mark because God's original standard was a perfect relationship between us and him, right? But he knew that we couldn't do it on our own. That's why we just celebrated Christmas, right? Sin uh, prevented us from having that perfect relationship with God. And so he sent his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, right, to die on the cross and to bridge that gap between us and God. 
And when we believe that by faith, right, and accept it, our relationship with God is restored. Now, we still will have a tendency to want to choose the things that we want, right? Right? But as we forge, as we grow more and more in our relationship with God, it becomes easier to see the things that God wants us to see. It's easier to see the things that God wants us to do and to change. And in the process, we begin to want those same things for our lives as well. Why? Right? Because we know those things, the things that God is calling us to do and to change or, or to be, are better than what we would have for ourselves. Right? That they are the bullseye that we should be aiming for. All right, so let's, let's look at it like this this morning. Now, you may be wondering what this has to do with what we're talking about, what, what sin has to do with what we're talking about today, about change, right? What does sin have to do with that? Well, for all of us in here, for those of us watching online, being a person who forges their life on God, right, that, that life is not about following a, a set of, of rules so that we will change, right? It's not about that. It's about knowing more and more about who God is and how good his plans are for our lives, right? And then wanting, because of that, to become the type of person who wants to change, right? Who wants to live their best life, who wants to live a life forged on God, right? Sin is not just the big things like adultery or, or stealing or murder, Right? It's all the little things that we do that we don't always notice. Things like jealousy or envy and pride and greed. Right? Our problem is that we think things like that are not that big of a deal. Right? They're just flaws that we're going to fix one day when we have some time. Right? We, we think that those are just minor issues. They don't affect anyone but, but maybe me, but I can handle it until later. But in reality, Foundry Church... Right? It is a sin because we are missing the mark of what God wants for our life, our best life. Right? If we know we need to change or if we know we need to do something that God is calling us in some area right, to grow in an area of our life, but we stay the same and we don't do those things, it's sin. It's missing the mark. And I know, right? I know that this is a great topic to begin the year on, right? right? But listen. This all begs the question is, why is sin a big deal? Well, why is sin a big deal? Sin is a big deal because sin comes with consequences. You know, Paul, he writes about this topic to a group of people who were trying to figure out how to forge their life on God by following Jesus, right? So Paul clarifies for us what following Jesus actually looks like in day-to-day -day life. In his letter to the Romans, he says this. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The first part, I'm just going to read it for you. It says this. For the wages of sin is death. And for the wages of sin is death. The death of what? Right? That's the, the death of whatever that we're engaged with. Right? When we miss the mark, when we sin, something always dies. Now, you don't have to be a Christian to have figured this out, to have noticed this, right? We have all experienced it. When you miss the mark relationally, the relationship dies, right? 
When you miss the mark financially, there are consequences. When you miss the mark with your integrity, there's a death to your sense of right and wrong. But what Paul is really getting at is, is that sin broke our relationship with God, which is why Paul goes on to explain how Jesus, God with a human body, right? God with us, Emmanuel, repaired and restored that relationship with Father God. But here's the thing. You and I, we still have a choice, don't we? To accept the gift of grace or not. Right? We have a choice to accept it or not. And we only have one life, right? And so get this, right? The way you live, the way you live your life, it matters. So in this series called Note to Self, the first note that we need to write to ourselves is, uh, your life matters. What you do matters. The decisions you make matter. Your life, how you live it, matters. Note to self, right? Your life matters. We'll be tempted to live. All right, we'll be tempted to live this new year just like every year before it. To not to do what we know we should do, to continue to do the things that we shouldn't be doing. So then how do we overcome it? All right, what do we do? How do we move forward? There's another author in the New Testament. Uh, this guy's name is James, and he's actually the earthly brother of Jesus. And James writes about this idea, and he gives us insight into the nature of temptation, the nature of, of giving into sin, of missing the mark, not living God's way, but just going to be living our way. And that's what I want to look at together this morning. James chapter 1, verse 13 all right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. James chapter 1, verse 13. It says, and remember when you are being tempted. Let me stop right there real quick. Keep your finger there. Right, James tells us this is not a if type of situation, that this is a when type of situation. Right, temptation does not discriminate. Everyone will be tempted. Right, no matter your age, no matter your sex, race, socioeconomic status, there is no graduation from temptation. Right? There's no graduation from it. It's not an if, it's a when type of situation. So he goes on. All right, I'm going to reread 13. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. Right? God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Right? Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. All right, the temptation, temptation, this giving in to sin plays on something that is already inside of us. Right, temptation would never work unless it was something that you already had a proclivity to or a desire for. Right, you should not eat it. You would not eat it, you would not watch it, you would not say it, you would not uh, do it unless something inside of you already wanted you to do it. And I think that that is important. Right? I, I really do. I, I think that's important. Our, our frustration at continuing to give in to temptation, continuing to do the things that we shouldn't do, continuing to not do the things that we know we should do, right? our our Continuing to give into that, to, to live like that, lies squarely at one person's feet, and that is our own. 
Right? There is no blaming anyone or, or anything, uh, according to James here. Right? You have to own it. Right? Now, what James tells us, what James does tell us, is yes, it's your fault, but you can find a way out. Right? Look, at, look at verse 14 again, right? It says, it says uh, temptation comes from your own desires, yes, which entice us and drag us away. Right? I, I find hope in that for some weird reason. Right? We're being enticed. There is a carrot that is dangling in front of our face. The word entice literally means to bait a hook or to catch something by bait. Right? We are being lied to by something dangling in our face. Right? This, is, this is one reason we do not change. Right? We believe these lies that are in front of us. Lies like, man, I can avoid the consequences of this. Right? I can... No one will ever know, right? Or, or, well, at least it's not as bad as what other people are doing or ah, the lie that I, I know I shouldn't, but I deserve this or this is for some greater purpose. It's okay. It's not that big a deal. I'm going to compromise, right? Or one of the most common excuses, I, I'm missing out on life by not doing this. All the, all the lies that we believe sound really good. They do. That's why they work, right? But look at it like this, right? Temptation always hides themselves as rational thoughts, right? Right? When James tells us, what he tells us next has such insight. He continues, right? Look at, look at verse 15. I'm actually going to start back at 13 and read right through 15. It says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else, right? Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And then look at 15. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death, right? James gives us such a picture here. Look, when we give in to temptation, all we see is this cute little baby, right, that we can manage, that we can control. But one day, that temptation will become full grown, right? Sin always grows, right? Sin will and has a, a puberty process, right? James is telling us that if we don't stop it, it will grow. And it doesn't stop growing until one day you have something that you just don't want or that you can't get rid of or that you can't afford, right? It's worse than that. It becomes something that you regret, that it's going to wreak havoc on your life, right? James tells us that, that the sins that we commit by, by giving into temptation, by, by not doing what we are supposed to do when God is calling us or, or just idly standing by, right, grow up. And when they do, they ultimately lead to death. Uh, look at this, right? A better translated word for death is misery. Misery. Right? Is that not the, the perfect word? Right? It's a word that we can all relate to. And that's the root of, of what James is talking about here. It's a word that we can experience, right? Sometimes we experience it sooner than later. Right? Sometimes it's the morning after, once the... The word is said once the food was eaten, once whatever it was, it was is over, or once you, you get to another new year and you look back on all that you didn't do or didn't stop, 
right? Misery. Misery. Right? And James is saying that even though you may feel great about giving in to temptation now, eventually you will find yourself in a bundle of just misery. Right? Sin always matures into misery. Right? This misery is exactly what we don't want. Right? We don't want to wake up and have a miserable life, another miserable year. That's not living our best life. That's not living a life that is forged on God. So James says this in verse 16, and this is so exciting. He says, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. That's great, right? Don't be misled, my brothers and sisters. I mean, James is addressing us with such endearing words. He cares about how we live and how well we live. Right? He wants to save us from misery. He wants us to live a life forged on God. Your decisions to not give in matters because your life matters. Right? The quality of your life matters. The quality of your relationships matter. How you feel about yourselves matter. How we make decisions and what decisions we make matter. And that's what James is trying to get across. Right? Sin sabotages your potential for everything. Sin sabotages our potential for everything. And so James finishes up by reminding us of what God has to offer. This is even more exciting than the the verse before it. He says in verse 17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or cast a shifting shadow, right? God, the God we sing songs to and worship and honor and glory, God has something better for you. Good and perfect gifts. Perfect here means mature. Mature. God is offering a way of living that when followed, grows up and matures into something good, our best life. In verse 18, he he continues with this thought. He says, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all the creation, became his prized possession. (laughs) Truth, truth has a puberty process too, all right? A maturing process. Where sin always matures into misery, truth, who God is, what God does, what God has said, truth always matures into joy. You follow it, and it grows up, and it matures into fruit, good fruit, the best fruit. Truth matures into joy, delight, freedom, and relief. Listen, not giving in, not giving in to temptation is always better in the end. Truth. Truth of who God is. What he's calling us to is the true way to have joy. The true way to experience our best life, a life that is forged on God, a life of purpose and meaning. As the band comes up, this is what I want you to do. 
I want you to decide what you want to do and how you want to change. Right? Because God is calling us to, to do and to be and to experience, right? To grow. And you can start this process by doing, by doing two things today. Right? This week. You can do, do them individually, right? And then you can, you can lead your kids in doing it, right? This week. First, you can recognize and identify the areas that you don't want to change. That's simple, right? What are the areas that you don't want to change? Right? Where, where are you saying, being honest, right? Where are you saying, eh, it's not that big a deal, right? At least I'm not, right? Identifying the areas where you know God is calling you to do something or to change something or just for you to be a better father, a better, a better wife or mother or husband or a better child, right? What can you do? What do you need to do? Identify it, recognize it. And then second, make a commitment to get to know who God is this year and what he wants for your life. Right? When you spend time getting to know God, you will begin to see that what he wants for you are good things and that the person he wants you to become is way better than the person you would become on your own. Because the truth is, right, your decisions will always have a destination. Do not ever tell yourself it does not matter because it does. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Foundry Burke.